Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. News Radio 840 WHAS welcomes you to Jim Strader Outdoors, the area's leading authority on hunting and fishing. Jim Strader Outdoors is brought to you by Mossy Oak Properties Heart Realty. For the outdoor home of your dreams, call Paul Thomas at 270-524-1980. Gary Roman's Firearm Service Center. Linden Animal Clinic, your pet's best friend. Sportsman's Taxidermy. Visit them at sportsmanstaxidermy.com. A.N. Roth Heating and Cooling, a family-owned business with over 100 years' experience in the Louisville area. Wildlife Habitat Solutions. Check Jim and his team on Facebook at Wildlife Habitat Solutions. And SMI Marine, getting your boat back on the water in no time. To join in on the conversation, call us at 571-8484 inside Louisville, 1-800-444-8484 outside of the Metro, and pound 840 for Verizon wireless callers. Now, sit back and relax and enjoy the next two hours of Jim Strader Outdoors. We came from the West Virginia coal mines and the Rocky Mountains and the Western Skies. I got a shotgun, a rifle, and a four-wheel drive, and a country boy can survive. We can skin a buck. Run a trot line and a country boy can survive. Country folks can survive. Good evening, everyone. Jim Strader here in the studio, and welcome aboard to another edition of Jim Strader Outdoors. Those of you who listened to my program last weekend are very aware that there's a huge controversy swirling around fish and wildlife's abduction, I will call it, of 241 of your elk that went to a private pay-per-view Appalachian Wildlife Foundation over in southeastern Kentucky. I had several members of the conservation community that represented lots of the conservation organizations and or clubs around the region on the program with me, and we detailed in extensive fashion some of the things that were wrong with this move, and most of it revolved around the fact that the department, through various commissioners, it started with Commissioner Johnson, who most of you will recall, left the department during the Jimmy Bevins scandal. The transfer, That's where the agreement to do this was signed, without commission approval, I might add. Then it moved forward under Acting Commissioner Frank Gemley, 
who was chief of staff at Don Parkinson's cabinet, and uh, more elk were moved, again, without commission's approval, and subsequently it moved forward for the last transfer under the new commissioner, Rich Storm, where the last group of elk were transferred. The main objection and the crystal point that I think most of you will easily understand about why this is wrong is the following. These elk do not belong to the folks that were transferring them. They belong to the state. They belong in very large measure to you sportsmen and outdoor women who have purchased hunting and fishing licenses, whose fees brought federal matching dollars into the coffers at Fish and Wildlife, and they pay, they used your monies to pay for the transfer of your elk to this private entity, which is a pay-per-view. Here's what that means. They took your elk, they put them where you can no longer hunt them, and now they, under this agreement, have the ability to, to charge you to see your own elk. I found that extremely onerous. Uh, I've discovered some additional information as we've moved through the week. And tonight, I'm going to make those revelations. I'm going to discuss some of the important aspects of this. One of the things that I would like to reveal is that, as usual, when myself or members of the conservation community question things at Fish and Wildlife, we're attacked. This one's no different. They put out a thing that said radio hosts report on things like this to gain ratings, for example. Newsflash, guys. I get just as good a ratings from reporting the good news that Fish and Wildlife does as I do the bad, and I much prefer reporting on the good news. Some examples, I had department personnel on the program to talk about grouse restoration. I had department personnel on board to talk about quail restoration and habitat improvement. Most recently, I had Commissioner Rich Storm on the program giving kudos to the department for their response to the big fish kill on the Kentucky River. So I can shoulder those arrows and slings, if you will, but I'll tell you what really bothers me. They also went on to say that the folks in the conservation community that objected to the taking of your elk, your payment to move those elk, putting those elk where you can't hunt them and now you will be charged to see them, they were pointed out as folks who were merely trying to gain membership for their organizations. That, quite frankly, infuriates me. It's disingenuous. It's lowball, and they ought to be above it. So after break here, I'm going to discuss with you some of the various aspects that have come out. Now, subsequent to the program, surprise, surprise, the department came out with a five-page document about the elk restoration in southeastern Kentucky. Actually, uh, it was a pretty good piece of work. 
in that it did detail a lot of the good things the department has done to bring the elk to the state, spread them throughout the elk unit, and provide hunting opportunity for individuals. That's well and good, but in that document, there was a lot of glaring omissions and misstatements. And I'm going to point those out to you coming back from break, and I'm going to discuss some of these other aspects that I came across this week. So we will do open lines after I detail what's going on this week. I would encourage you to call as the program goes on. I would like your thoughts about the taking of your elk where you can no longer hunt them, and it's a pay-per-view operation. All right, folks, stick with us. Got to go to break. This break is presented by SMI Marine, 11400 Westport Road, all kinds of new pontoons, bass boats for sale, and a lot of used V-hull fishing boats that were taken in trade. And, I mean, these are good deals, folks. Remember, you never get soaked by my friends at SMI Marine. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Jim Strader Outdoors. Again, we're talking about a situation with the Kentucky Department of Fish and Wildlife where... They transferred 241 of your elk to a private entity over in Bell County, Kentucky, to the Appalachian Wildlife Foundation and Center, where you will not be allowed to hunt those elk, and you won't even be allowed to view them without paying to do so. A quick recap of what we did on the program last week, we reported about that issue, one of the most glaring things that we discovered through an open records request by Edwin Nybert, the president of the League of Kentucky Sportsmen, was that the commission, our representatives at the table, the nine district commissioners that represent us as sportsmen, weren't aware of this agreement nor did they vote upon this agreement. When Commissioner Johnson, former Commissioner Johnson, entered into this agreement, it wasn't revealed to the public. It wasn't revealed to the commissioners. And it continued to operate in that fashion after Commissioner Johnson left under the Jimmy Bevan scandal, that keeping it out of view, continued to occur under Frank Gemley, who again was there under Don Parkinson's cabinet as acting commissioner. He continued through the agreement, which the commission had not seen or agreed to. And then it continued forward under this last transfer of elk under current commissioner, Rich Storm. Um, 
I want to say something about this before I get into some of the details in their five-page answer to some of the things that we revealed last week. The first is we have continually heard the department say we're all about transparency, accountability, and we're striving to be sportsman-centric. When you've got a situation where they've taken 241 of your elk and they've transferred to this pay-per-view private entity and you're no longer able to hunt it and the commissioners didn't know about the agreement, we didn't know about the agreement or the transfer, and you continue down that trail, if that's transparency, I certainly want none of it. Secondly, accountability. Accountability comes through the process where our district commissioners are supposed to be able to tell us what's on the agenda, what the department is doing, and get our input. Generally speaking, they're accountable to us. I can't criticize them too much on this particular issue except that Now they know about it, and before they didn't, let's say it was hidden from view. They're supposed to keep close supervision of all this stuff and how this occurred without folks knowing about it. In my opinion, it was because these elk were being moved at the same time elk were being transferred to other states, and I don't think anyone realized they were moving 241 of your elk to this pay-per-view facility. Uh, I certainly didn't realize it. I assumed erroneously, perhaps, that they were going to manage the elk that were there and perhaps augment the numbers slightly. But they've moved 241 of your elk, and you're not going to be able to hunt them, and you're going to have to pay to see them under the current agreement. What transpired this week was a vote in the 3rd District Federation League Kentucky Sportsman meeting and town hall meeting that 3rd District Commissioner Ralph Swallows conducted this week. To his credit, this came up. Commissioner Swallows took questions from the audience. Uh, Revelations were made to Commissioner Swallows. For example, He had no idea that Karen Waldrop, deputy commissioner at the department, was on the board of the Appalachian Wildlife Foundation when this agreement was entered into, this secret agreement that was hidden from the commissioners. That's pretty egregious. And it's a huge conflict of interest, I might add. Pursuant to Commissioner Swallow's Again, he's the 3rd District Commissioner. Uh, Desire to learn about this. After we had the discussion, there was a vote taken in the 3rd District, and we unanimously agreed that this should go back in front of the commission, and they needed to revisit this contract with the Appalachian Wildlife Foundation because it is so ornerous and egregious to the sportsmen. I applaud him for putting it in front of the commission. They voted 
to look into the issue and move forward towards the next commission meeting. So there are several things that I'm going to discuss as we move along here that probably need to be considered in that regard. In other words, the commission has agreed, they voted on Friday to move this forward to the next commission meeting upon advisement. Subsequent to that, they came out with this five-page document about elk relocation in southeastern Kentucky. And there's some real glaring errors, omissions, and misstatements of facts in this thing. I'm going to start with the one where they talked about survey that was done that, that they indicated gave them full bore permission to do something like this. They conveniently failed to inform you that that survey didn't reveal anything about pay-per-view and elk being off-limits to hunt in a pay-per-view facility. We didn't know they were going to go to a private property where they couldn't be hunted and we had to pay. So where was that question in that survey that they kept referring to? Secondly, and this is, I think, one of the most important, they quoted portions of the statutes which speak to the duties and authorities of the commissioner and the commission. And some of those statements were made were pretty darn revealing. In essence, as part of this five-page document, they said the commissioner has the sole authority to do things like to transfer these elk. It read, the commissioner enforces all provisions of the laws of the state related to wild animals, birds, fish, and amphibians, and shall exercise all powers necessarily incident thereto. And here's the part you got to pay attention to, not specifically conferred on the commission. Again, not specifically conferred on the commission. They went on to say, however, the commission does not approve fish or wildlife restoration efforts. For example, capture and relocation of elk or stocking of fish, nor other operations, activities of the agency. Since when did that start? I can tell you one thing. Previous commissions and commissioners for decades have approved these things. As a matter of fact, I checked with several of the commissioners that were on the commission when they voted about the movement of these elk to these other states, and guess what? Commission approval was not only obtained, it was taken to the districts. It was discussed. It was done the right way. This begs the question, why didn't that happen with this one? Why didn't this one go out to the district for us sportsmen and women to confer about and discuss. Why didn't it hit the commission table? Why was it kept from public view? These are questions that I'm sure that you're able to answer in your own mind, and these are things that uh, hopefully we will discuss as we move through the program tonight. Um. I've got about one minute to break. Coming back from break, I'm going to tell you what they omitted 
uh, in this document, I just read you the commissioner's authority and responsibilities that that was quoted in their document. They parsed or, or, or picked that point out to try to cover the fact that Commissioner Johnson did this without commission approval. Coming back from break, I'm going to tell you why I think that was out of bounds, and I'm going to read the statute to you. All right, folks, got to go to break here. Coming back from break, we'll talk more about this. This break is presented by Mossy Oak Properties, Hart Realty. Paul Thomas is your broker. Check them out, mophrtrealty.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Jim Strader Outdoors. The numbers tonight to comment on this are 571 8484 or 1 800. 844-8484. I would love to hear your opinions about this subject. If you're just joining the broadcast now, we're talking about the transfer of 241 of the Sportsmen and Outdoor Women's Elk to a private pay-per-view operation, the Appalachian Wildlife Foundation and Center, where you can no longer hunt these out, nor will you even be able to look at them unless you pay to do so. Um, I want to return to what I was talking about earlier, and I, I want to clarify one thing. Folks realized there was some elk going over there. That, that's not the issue. What we didn't know was that the department had entered into a five-year open-ended agreement with the Appalachian Wildlife Foundation and David Ledford that the commissioners didn't vote on and we didn't know about. And to put this in perspective, the amount of elk that went to this private pay-per-view entity is somewhere around 38 to 40% of all the elk trapped that went to states like Missouri, Wisconsin, and Virginia. Now think about that for a minute. This was a huge, huge block of elk that you can no longer hunt. And according to the current agreement, you will have to pay to observe. I want to return to the issue that I talked about where in this five-page document, in essence, the department tried to say that the commissioner has the sole authority to enter into these agreements or transfer these animals. They found it convenient to quote the duties and authorities of the commissioner, but they totally omitted in that document the statute 150.023, Section 4, which states the following. The commissioner, with the approval of the commission, shall have the exclusive power to expend for the protection, conservation, propagation and restoration, and taking and harvesting of all wildlife, 
all funds of the state acquired for the protection, conservation, propagation, restoration of all wildlife arises arising from licenses, gifts, and otherwise. Again, folks, the commissioner, this is the statute, with the approval of the commission, shall have his powers. The the commission, that nine-member board, hires and fires the commissioner. They've got the ultimate control at the table, yet because of the overreach, by Cabinet Secretary Don Parkinson, somehow they've been convinced that they don't have the authority in the statute. That's really a bad deal for us folks because think what a bad commissioner could do if he ran counter to the commission and did things. I mean, what's going to be next here? They've already taken away our elk viewing areas, two of them, Fish Trap and Paul Van Boeven, WMA. Then they turn around and transferred these 241 elk. And I, I will state this again very, very to the point. Lipstick doesn't dress up a pig, and this is a really ugly pig. Let's go to Pat, who's been holding. Yes, Pat, welcome aboard. Hey, what's going on, Jim? You're listening to it. Hey, love your show, brother. Thank you very hey, much. so we're not... Thank you. We're not talking about 15 or 20 elk here. We're talking about 241 elk. That something hokey, to use a simpler word, has gone on here, obviously. And my question is, what's the chances of getting them back to where they should be? I really don't know. Uh, Because here's why this gets so troublesome to your question. They've already transferred these elk. 70% of them were cows that were pregnant with calves. So in essence, they moved well above, probably closer to 400 of your elk, you know, considering the calving. And Mm -hmm. it's very, very difficult to translocate cows with calves. And in this agreement, way down the road, when the Appalachian Wildlife Foundation decides at their sole discretion that they have enough elk and their facility is is rolling, then we would have the opportunity upon their approval to relocate elk out in the state. There's a huge problem with that. I'm not going to bore everybody with this this, uh, agreement, which incidentally it is posted, I believe, on the League of Kentucky Sportsman Facebook page. You can read it for yourself. I don't know who wrote that thing, but I'm no stranger to contracts, and there's no way I would have signed it. No way whatsoever. And I have every reason to believe that the gentlemen that are on the commission today would not have approved that. And now they got a chance to dissect it and to do the right thing. Now, Pat, I'd like to make a point here, if I may, because I have a suggestion for the commissioners. Given the fact it's being very difficult to relocate these elk, here's what I think they need to consider when they look at this document and bring it to the full commission. Number one, the sportsmen paid for these elk. The sportsmen and women paid to transfer those elk. 
Now they're over there in that pay-per-view and we can't hunt them. I'm of the opinion that every single sportsman that would go over there to view those elk that shows a hunting or fishing license, they should get in for free. There's That's no, a great idea. There is no reason that with us paying for all that, that they should be able to charge us to look at our own elk. Secondarily, in that memorandum of agreement, there's nothing mentioned about what happens if things go bad. Things going bad could be funding runs out. The funding, the ultimate funding for this isn't available yet. I'll give you another example. What happens if our elk, if one of them shows up and it's got CWD? Under the department's CWD management plan, every animal in 10 square miles is to be exterminated. They need to have some insurance or something in that document where we have some protection about what happens to our elk, in my opinion. And those are the kind of things the commission needs to consider. But one of the main ones, to me, that's only fair is since the sportsman paid to transfer them, they were all elk to begin with, and there's a charge. We shouldn't be charged. Show your hunting and fishing license. You get to see your elk free the way we're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I appreciate your comments, and I love your show, man. Thank you, Pat. Let's go to Jack. Yes, Jack, you're up. Well, Jim, I love your show. I think you're 100% right. They're a bunch of crooks. They're just like LBL. Uh, I've been going down there for 40, almost 50 years, and I have to pay to see the elk, okay? And that's five bucks to get in, okay? Isn't that the same thing? Well, yes, in, in, a, in a way, but here's the difference. They took 241 of our elk. Let me put this in perspective. It was 200, if my figures are correct, and I, I, they're awful close if they're not spot on, it was 241 elk out of 635 total that we gave, that we stocked in the last 10 years. That's 38% of the elk went to this entity where we can't hunt them. And, again, it's a pay-per-view. I just, uh, I don't know. It's not. This isn't about what I think at this point. It's about what you folks think, Jack. Think you're right. I think I should go to LPL and show my hunt losses that I buy for 49 years of my life. I should go in free. Well, LBL's in some regards a different animal, but I get your point. <laughs> I, I get your point, sir. Uh, let's go to Bill. Yes, Bill, you're up. Hi, Jim. Uh, yeah, this is really, really. A ripoff, and it's what all forms of government seem to be doing lately to us. Uh, if I was to go out and kill one of these elk illegally, it's valued at a certain price. And with that many elk being taken without actually the people's approval, isn't that grand theft? I don't know. That's a legal question, and I'm not an attorney, yeah. but. Um... Yeah, me neither, but. There is some question. Like it would be. Well, I will I, say this, Bill. I'd be charged, I'd be charged and fined and, and possibly get some jail time. Well, uh, you know, a lot of folks have been raising questions about the legality of this in that yeah. the commission, according to the statute, 
didn't get to approve it. Um, I'm not an attorney, but I can tell you this. Let's say it was, in quotes, legal. Yeah. It still smells like a rotted fish in the sun because it was done without prior knowledge by the sportsman's groups around the state. We didn't have a chance to address it to our district commissioners. And what makes it even worse is our district commissioners, they didn't know either. They didn't know about yeah. the agreement. They hadn't read the agreement. It, and something I, needs to be done to make sure this don't happen ever in the future. Uh, amen on that, brother. I'm with you all the way. They need to put something in place. It, it's ridiculous. Well, they keep talking. And when I say they... I'm not talking about the rank-and-file folks at Fish and Wildlife. They're good people. They work hard. The biologists, the conservation officers, those folks do a great job. But there's this inner circle up there that seems to think that they own our wildlife, that they can do with our wildlife what they want. And and that's what some of the government's doing in in, other parts of the government, local, uh, state, federal. it's like they think they own these things, and the government don't own anything. They don't have a dime. That's our money. Well, that's, that's everybody's money. That's exactly correct. And in this particular case, it gets really, really bad because we fund the agency. And in this deal about, they keep saying oh, our new efforts about transparency and accountability, and we're sportsman centric. Number one, there was apparently zero transparency about this agreement. Number two, accountability. Our Fish and Wildlife Commission folks on that board, we couldn't hold them accountable because we didn't know this was being done to the extent it's being done, and we didn't know anything about this agreement, and nothing in their surveys or anything else talked about pay-per-view. So we were excluded. And then sportsman-centric, I'd like somebody to explain to me what's sportsman-centric about taking your all's elk, paying to transfer them to a pay-per-view entity where you can no longer hunt them. And, again, you got to pay to see them. All right, folks, got to go to break here. This break is presented by SMI Marine, 11400 Westport Road, just north of the Snyder. Go see them. Remember, You never get soaked by my friends at SMI. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, we're back on Jim Strader Outdoors again to comment about the issue of the transfer of your elk to a private pay-per-view entity. In Bell County, the number is 571-8484 or 1-800-444-8484. I do want to return to a kind of a question and a comparison a previous caller made about the elk down at the land between the lakes elk viewing area and the one we're talking about here that's run by the Appalachian Wildlife Foundation and Center. 
that's operated by David Ledford. The difference is the LBL elk herd is on forest service land there in land between the lakes, and the payment to view those elk goes towards the feeding, medical needs, fencing, et cetera, that goes along with that. Those elk are in a fenced-in area, and as such, there are maintenance for the roads, feeding of the animals, minerals, etc., and they do that to offset. And the difference here is that this has been done with our elk to go to a private facility where they're going to have you pay to see your own elk. So there's a real big difference there, and I would be remiss if I didn't point it out. Also, I mentioned about the memorandum of agreement being uh, posted. It is posted on the League of Kentucky Sportsmen Facebook page. It's on their Facebook page, and there's lots of other information there about these types of subjects. Let's go to uh, Larry Richards, who's on hold. Yes, Larry. Yeah, Jim, uh, I wanted to have two points that your listeners might appreciate. It was through their calls and emails to their legislators and their commission members that we even got into the Ralph Swallows even got any traction in that last committee meeting. And it was in the Public Relations Committee. Believe it or not, their voices counted and they were heard because when Ralph made his pitch, all four of the, of the commissioners on the Public Relations Committee, albeit somewhat reluctantly on some of them's part, they voted to move this issue to the full committee. That was a win for us. And the other thing I want to point out to the listeners is this is an atrocious agreement. And page three of this agreement, the bottom paragraph, line nine, it says, and I'll read it right off the agreement so I don't get it wrong. Either party shall have the right to terminate or cancel this agreement for cause at any time or without cause upon 30 days written notice to the other other party. Folks, we need to cancel this agreement, throw it to shredder, and get the department and the commission to authorize the commissioner to write us a new agreement that, uh, that states definitively when we're going to get our help back. The other thing I want to point up to your listeners is, and this is a this is a, a thought that no one's really pointed up. If tomorrow a natural disaster happens, they're all standing under a tree, lightning strikes them, and all 241 of them milk get killed, what do you reckon is going to happen? David Lepper's going to call up his fair-haired boys. They're going to call Matt Bevin. Matt Bevin's going to call Dan Parkinson. Dan Parkinson's going to call Rich Storm. They're going to say, give him some more elk. We cannot, cannot. Repeat, cannot let that happen. We need to cancel this agreement. We need to get on with your legislators and your commissioners immediately and cancel this agreement. Let's rewrite this to where it's more friendly to us. No first-year law student would have agreed that his client should sign this agreement like David Ledford did. Well said, Larry. I appreciate it. Now, folks, we got to go to break, and those are great points. You can go to my Facebook page, Jim Strader Outdoors, and see where to contact your commissioners and your representatives, and it's up on Facebook at Kentucky Anna Safari Club International as well. Got to go to break. It's presented by Moss Hill Properties Heart Realty. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.